We don't need to be busy all the time. We don't need to be happy all the time. We don't need to be consuming things all the time. We don't need to be online all the time. Like life is really, really hard and crazy. And like, we're all on it, on this ride together. And like, I think that there's something really cool in that too. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 36 of the Mad Happy Podcast. Mason here. No payment today. Uh, Chopped it up with our producer, Phineas, uh, who I know we've shouted out on the show a bit a few times before. But we were just talking how usually after every episode and recording, we end up having these kind of cool conversations about the guests or just catching up on our own lives, talking about mental health and different things that we might be struggling with. So figured it would be cool to turn the mics on for one of those. Uh... So that's what we did. Hope everyone's feeling good. Uh, damn, the first day of February already. Uh, it's Tuesday right now. This episode will be dropping later this week on Thursday. And a lot going on over here. Um, I think it's really this year is going to be in feels like it's a new chapter for the brand in a lot of ways. You know, we're, we're growing our team. We're going to move into a new office. We're really kind of leveling up in a lot of ways. And, and I feel like it's kind of happening simultaneous with with me personally and I know I've shared on the show in the last couple weeks about me kind of recommitting myself to my own mental health journey my own sobriety journey so a lot of a lot of busy hard work going on personally and and professionally but I'm 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 feeling good I feel like when I'm I'm busy kind of makes me feel good which which my therapist tells me isn't the right way to think about it, but I can't really help myself. You know, I'm kind of stuck in the mindset of being busy and having things to do equates to value and self-worth. So I'm trying to be conscious of that as well. But yeah, hope everyone's having a beautiful day. The Mad Happy Podcast is brought to you by Optimism. Please enjoy episode 36 with Phineas and myself. So I'd love to maybe use this opportunity to talk about kind of like just a check-in of where you're at with your perspective on yourself. You know, you've touched on, especially recently, that you've had to sort of go back to meetings and whatnot. But mm-hmm. why don't we zoom out a little bit and talk a little bit about your journey in terms of how you see yourself? I think one super relatable thing that comes up with you on the show is the imposter syndrome thing, which mm-hmm. we all struggle with. Everybody struggles with it. But I think when people meet you now, they see founder of this really cool company really having a moment but if you could peel back a little bit on how you see yourself and how that's evolved certainly in the last like five years since you've been operating this business just speak to that a little bit i think that that's something that's very relatable and i think could be really helpful for people to hear that like it's not all roses but like things are good you know kind of kind of both sides of that coin no for sure i think the the identity thing is cool to think about it reminds me of the conversation I was having with Joanna Candell and really thinking about how our relationship with ourselves is so important and kind of like underrated when we think about how people prioritize their lives and everything like that. Like there's there's no person that any of us will spend more time with than ourselves. And yet it seems like most people I think that we could relate to also like really prioritize a lot of other relationships before that one and like i've i've really found for me that that's where a lot of my shit comes from is like 
not fully understanding who I am, not understanding what I like, not understanding why I like the things that I do. And I think obviously, especially now, but when I was growing up, even in the late 90s and 2000s, like society kind of carves out a lane and a path of like what you're supposed to like, what's popular, what's fashionable, what the course of your life is kind of supposed to be like, graduate high school, go to college, all of these things. And I don't think a lot of people really take the time to try shit out, to be maybe the odd one out who doesn't really like everything and and really invest that time and energy into truly getting to know yourself and understanding yourself. And I think it's obviously scary, I think, for people to really have to think about that, right? How do you even really get to know yourself? But the beauty of it to me is that it's a lifelong journey and like even I've 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 kind of had this perspective for a minute now but if I'm not really on my shit checking in with myself about it a, a bunch of time can go by where I'm not really in touch with myself where I really kind of lose myself so I think it really is about constantly challenging yourself and pausing in moments of life and and checking in with yourself about how you really feel about things and just working on that relationship with yourself, you know? Then those tools, though, that you're using, they change as you get older, right? So, like, the tools you use to check in with yourself and get to know yourself today are very different than they were when you were younger, I'm sure. They certainly were for me. You know, now it's... Now it is more of a personal journey for me, but when I was younger, I relied on friends and family people around me to sort of check myself because I, I, didn't, I didn't have a close enough relationship with myself to really be aware of whether or not I was fully living my truth or whether I was in line with the person I wanted to be or who I really was. You know, if you're speaking to audience members that are younger that maybe haven't figured out how to have a real relationship with who they are, because they're still figuring that out, like, are there tools that they can use or we can use that will help flush out who they are and help put that mirror in front of you to be like, yo... You don't have to know yourself fully yet, but surround yourself with people that care about you, whatever it is, the the tools before you're able to sort of self-regulate. No, totally. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is journaling. I mean, growing up. It's a great one. It's so hard to be honest with your friends. Sometimes you're trying to fit in. You need to be accepted by everyone. We're all building our best friends and our friend groups and our social circles in middle school and then into high school and those are really like our security blankets those give us our sense of purpose those make us feel safer at school those are really like our lifeline to being okay when we leave the house and I think to think about liking someone or liking something that the rest of the group doesn't like or challenging whoever the alpha in the group is about no I don't I don't really like that song or I thought that movie sucked right like those are really, really hard things to do. But when you're by yourself in your room, keeping a journal or a diary, that's where it's just you. And you can really open up your consciousness and unlock kind of your feelings and just express yourself in such an open and clear way that I think even if it sounds silly or you've never really practiced that before, like you'd be surprised about what comes out when you just kind of start writing about your day or what happened or about how you're feeling and and these thoughts and feelings will really pour out of you onto the page um and like i found for me that like i'm surprised that i'm even able to 
articulated on the page and give more context than I would have if I was just like laying in my bed listening to music or like trying to think about it. So I think that's a great exercise that is like, uh, it's free, it's accessible for everyone, we can all do it. I mean, you could even do it on like the notes app of your phone or something. And then that's such an awesome way to like really look back on your day and like see what stuff you liked, what stuff you didn't like, and then get in the habit of like being able to build a life where you're just getting to know yourself more. Yeah, the flip side to that, which I think is fascinating, would be exit behavior and the ways that we avoid spending time and getting to know ourselves, right? And I think it's never been more readily available and easier to slip away and exit from the sort of the discomfort of getting to know yourself or spending time with yourself, uh, whether it's social media, just screens in general, substance abuse, whatever it is, uh, overworking, all those things, like we feel oftentimes like we are progressing as long as we're grinding or as long as we're sort of our mind is occupied in some ways. But the flip side to like why journaling is a different thing and why being present with yourself is so um, hard is because of the temptations of the exit behavior. I mean, there's always a new show. Like our life is built on binging and, and that's different than, than a lot of your struggles that you've spoken about in the show, right? With, with actual substance abuse. And that that's a different, type of exit behavior no doubt but yeah there's small ways if you're a you know 14 15 16 year old person who doesn't struggle with those larger things you know exiting into your screen or whatever it is like it's also a very tricky balancing act of how to sort of interact with both sides of that totally i mean there's so many behaviors and options out there for people to medicate and distract and i think even the stuff that i've experienced in my relationship with like love addiction you know that's that's kind of a hard one and a tricky one to really identify because for the drug addicts and and the alcoholics it's very clear you can see you can see them using you can see the effects that it's having on them physically it's very easy to identify and like when you see something it's easier to understand it it's easier for your brain to kind of understand it um so that's why those things are like such big red flags and like those people it's a lot harder to deny the addiction. Um, but when it comes to technology, when it comes to sex and love and, and some of the things that I struggle with, just like mental health, they're they're kind of invisible to a point and they don't really have those glaring physical effects that other more common addictions really have. So I think it's really a great point that you bring up and something to really keep your eye out for of like, even I think that we were saying this on an episode of the other day of like when I'm in the car, I'm like immediately trying to throw something on, like whether it's a podcast or like music and like I've been trying to challenge myself lately to really just like sit and sit in it and like so hard, even when you were just talking. Yeah. Like, like I think it goes back to life is really fucking hard and like, yeah. it's terrifying and it's crazy and there's so much that we don't understand and that we'll never understand and like how do we just make everyone know that like that's totally okay and like we don't need to be busy all the time we don't need to be happy all the time we don't need to be consuming things all the time we don't need to be online all the time like all these other things like life is really really hard and crazy and like we're all on it on this ride together and like i think that there's something really cool in that too i think love addiction is something that's really misunderstood. I have another friend who has struggled with it and is very open about it. And so I'm, I have some level of understanding about what that struggle looks like, but could you just not even 
I'm not actually even asking about your personal experience so much as just like articulate what it means for people. Cause I think people will hear that and they say, can you really be addicted to love? Love is what's wrong with love. You know, can you speak to that a little bit? I think it's something that's probably misunderstood by a, a good amount of people listening to the show. For sure. Um, I think it can manifest itself in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. And like, to your point, it is kind of hard for people to wrap their minds around who don't struggle with it of like, who doesn't love to be loved and who doesn't seek validation from other people and who doesn't love attention and like all these sorts of things. And I feel like for the love addicts and love addiction specifically, it's like using those things as band-aids for like much, much bigger things like PTSD mm-hmm. or unprocessed trauma, depression, anxiety, um, various like mental health diagnoses that like then love and approval from someone else really becomes how you receive all of your happiness, right? So like I'm putting all of my eggs into this one basket of it could either be one person or it could be a dozen people all at the same time, but like that's the that's the source, like that's the sunlight and the water that's really feeding my plant instead of having that's the exit behavior i mean is it exactly. similar in some ways to the it's like the exit behavior can manifest in small ways or, or ways as big as love totally that's that's absolutely the exit behavior and then the biggest difference from really being an addict and not is this word unmanageable and like manageability like you know the mm. the first step of of recovery is like basically admitting that you had a problem and that your life has become unmanageable, right? So, like, that's why you'll hear the term all the time, functioning addict and and things like that. And sadly, it's like you don't really realize that your life is unmanageable until you can no longer manage it, right? So, it's like something kind of has to happen. There has to be some bump in the road for people to realize that, like, yeah, everyone loves to be loved and liked, but, like, I really do to a point where now it's making my life unmanageable. And whether that's Mm. showing up at work, that's showing up with family, that's showing up in a relationship that you're acting out of, like it'll start to poke its head in other areas and really consume your life to the point that this addiction or whatever your exit behavior is, is, is stopping you from having the ability to properly manage your own life. On that point though, it made me think about, Something that I've thought about a lot is like how people can channel that energy into being productive, or at least it can feel like you're, how it blends with ambition, how addiction or obsessive behavior and exit behavior, especially when it's channeled into something quote unquote productive, how those two things interact. I'm fascinated by that because I've had bouts with certainly obsessive behavior. And for me, it manifests with work, you know, long, long stretches of, of not having balance. But I've always, I've been thinking about that over the last couple of years a lot, the interplay between those two things. Yeah. You've said it eloquently on the show before that you don't need to have, it's, it's a false, you know, narrative that you need to have, or it's, or it's really pot that you can't have one without the other. Yeah. I think the, uh, we underestimate how strong the mind is and like the, brain is a motherfucker right like that thing can convince you of whatever it wants to convince you so like i i truly believe that we have all these different kind of versions of ourselves, like almost like all these different characters of ourselves that can kind of 
hop in the driver's seat at any moment, but like they're all in the car together, right? So like I even notice for myself, sometimes I'll be thinking in my attic brain or like that that's the person that's driving the car and then it's so easy to justify the decision or like keep working because you're only looking at at the like you said the productivity levels or or the good things that you're getting done with it and like we we justify shit to ourselves all the time right like we tell ourselves oh i've earned it or this is why i deserve it or no i'll start tomorrow or just one more episode or just 15 more minutes after my screen time lock comes up right it's like all these things that there's a, a part of ourselves that we can tell our brain why it's okay this time and we can just put it off and put it off and put it off and and you can do that for a little bit but then it just kind of builds and and festers and really kind of like marinates inside of us and like those to me are like little yellow flags of like not being able to manage you know like mm. if if like even me uh, right now, I set a 30 minutes a day on Instagram. I set the timer on my phone and I've noticed almost every day this week when it comes up and says you're out of time, I'm either hitting 15 more minutes or ignore for today, right? So it's like, why can't I just listen to that, Yeah. right? It's like yeah. things like that. Yeah, and you know, you don't know what you're capable of or like what new identities you could put in the driver's seat until you experience it. Right. It's like, if you've been in the cycle of working as a exit behavior, but it's led you to some positive places professionally, like a lot of us, you know, or a lot of people just haven't tried the new way of balancing their life. They haven't tried that new identity of like having real balance and putting up boundaries for themselves. And then, so who's to say that it can't, you can't be, even more productive or whatnot. And I think that's interesting too, is like, we just don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. And like, especially when we're younger and we're, you learn so much, the older you get and the more stuff you go through. But it's like when you create a new identity for yourself because of a new of decisions and boundaries you've made, you're like, Oh shit, I can do this. You know? Yeah. And I think it's so, it's so hard to recognize in ourselves because it happens gradually. Yeah. We don't just go from like, the person who was in the last row of the bus starts driving the car, right? It's like row by row, we kind of get there. And like, that's mm -hmm. the pattern that you see a lot of people fall into with addiction is like when you're at level one and you look at level 10, you're like, no, I would, I, I would never do that. That could never be me. I'm only doing this stuff over here. But then you kind of gradually like unlock new versions of yourself that like sometimes take you away to a scary place. And, and we can be left not really recognizing who we are or sometimes just feeling like we're too far gone and and really losing a grip on ourselves well i'll speak for for probably a lot of people listening to the show and and people that have given me feedback on the show that how appreciative we are of, of both of you and your vulnerability and your willingness to be open about your life your, your lives and your story it's some scary stuff. It's some real stuff, some really personal stuff. And to share it on a microphone every week uh, is brave. And so I, I'd, I'd encourage, we've requested of the listeners a bunch and people have sent in some amazing things, but for people to send in anything, questions, mailbag stuff, but also personal stories, things that they've been through, things that you've been through that you'd love to hear perspective on. Yeah. I think it's, it's a, it's a really unique thing to be, to be willing to go there every week in a non therapy private therapy room. And so it's it's real and so it's and it's appreciated. Totally. Um 
this was great. You know, I think we have these sorts of conversations all the time. It's nice to be able to do it on air and have it just feel super candid and authentic still. And, and to anyone listening, you know, I, I love talking mental health with whoever, wherever, whenever. So hit us up. Maybe one of you guys could even come on the show. I mean, this is this is really just all I know. You know, I call it I call it my blessing and my curse. So I'm just here to talk mental health, you know. <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed that one. I just listened to it back and and I think the stuff that we were talking about with that relationship with self is really cool and I think something that I don't hear a lot of people talking about and I think it would be cool for anyone who just listens to this, whatever you're doing today, just doing something small for yourself, even if it's playing a song you really love in the car or getting that extra dessert or whatever it is for dinner but just do something for yourself that you like i think that that'd be really nice and and i'm going to try and do something for myself as well so again hope you enjoyed the episode and and enjoy the rest of your week and have a great weekend we also want to remind everyone that mental health is an ongoing process and is something that takes daily work for more information on how to get support can always find us at localoptimist.com backslash podcast and if you want to support the show follow us on spotify subscribe on apple we are available wherever you get your podcasts and would appreciate any and all reviews if you're loving the show tune in next week for another episode of the mad happy podcast see you next time the mad happy podcast is brought to you by optimism